Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 439 and session number 136 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And today, we're going to do just that. And, uh, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but I like to imagine that we're all sitting around in a coffee shop or maybe a restaurant, wherever, and we're just having this conversation together. And it's funny, I get a lot of people that email me and say, Scott, I do feel like I'm sitting in that coffee shop with you, so I would love for you to answer my question. And uh, that's what I want it to feel like because when we do our our uh, meetups or our you know in-person meetups, that is, uh, it really does feel like that. And I want this to feel like that as well. And I want to give you guys value every single week on these sessions. So that's what my goal is. Now today, there's some really great questions. And just to kind of give you guys an idea of what we're going to be talking about, pay-per-click. Yes, another pay-per-click question. We're going to be talking about seed keywords. I've actually invited Chris Schaefer on to uh, to answer that for you guys because he is more of the PPC guy than I am. I do know quite a bit about it, but I wanted his opinion on this and we kind of talked through that. So that is what we're going to be doing there. Brand Registry 2.0. We're going to talk about that starting uh, with product variations. We're going to talk about that and uh, we're going to be covering all of those topics. Now, if you guys have a question that you want me to answer and air on an upcoming Ascot session, all you have to do is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. That's it. That's very, very simple. Just put your, or include your first name and then also where you're tuning in from and then just a brief question and I'll do my best to answer on an upcoming ASCOT session. I love receiving those. Speaking about hearing from you guys, this is one of my big announcements and that is our PLC scholarships that we're gonna be giving away in December. All you have to do is share your TAS story. That's it. Now I mentioned it. On, I think it was the last episode. I'm going to mention it here again because this is a pretty big announcement. It is officially live right now, depending on when you're listening to this. But all you have to do is submit your TAS story. And it's really simple. I put all the details together on a special page. I shot a video explaining exactly what you have to do. And it's very simple. All you have to do is record yourself talking about your TAS story and how long you've been a listener. And that's really it. And you get entered into our giveaway here that we're going to be giving away two scholarships to our PLC and our TAS Breakthrough You community and online coaching. So that is uh, that is pretty awesome. And that's going to be happening in December. But you can go ahead and submit your story right now. I want to hear from you. So make sure that you do this. Theamazingseller.com forward slash story. All right. And if you guys are listening to this after this airs or after this is over, still go there because I'm sure that we are going to be having uh, those stories highlighted there for uh, for you guys because I think it's really important. One of the reasons I'm doing this because I want to highlight people's stories because I know that sometimes you feel either alone or you feel like you're the only one that's facing this or maybe just someone says you know, in their story that they were struggling with something, but they overcame it. And then you're like, wow, like that was me. Like, I guess I can do this. That's what I need to do. I need to, uh, you know, continue to really inspire and then just set that spark that, you know, that you're not the only one, but that you can do this. And, uh, that was the main reason for doing this for, uh, for the TAS community. Really? I mean, we're approaching three years in the podcast 
and lots and lots of people sharing their stories. So definitely go do that. I'm super excited about that. And another major announcement here for TAS is we are doing a new series. So depending on, again, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, when this airs, well, then it'll be the next podcast episode is when this series is going to be kicking off. And that is the five-step proven private label roadmap to launch products profitably on Amazon. And we put this into a five-part series. We talk about product selection, sourcing, pre-launch, launch, and promotions. And that is really, to me, the secret formula. It's following through this. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of nuances in between there or actually in each phase. And we're going to dig into those in this five-part series. This is very, very similar to what we talk about on our workshop. If you've ever attended a workshop or if you want to attend a workshop, we go through these five steps, these five phases because they're critical. All right. And a lot of people, they just want to sit down and go through the workshop, but also on the workshop, we go through examples. We, we show some different stuff that we can't do just with audio. So, uh, definitely go register for one of those. If you haven't attended one of those, they're there for you. They're totally free. It's a way for us to really break down those five steps, those five phases, um, really in one set down where you can actually go there and, uh, and you can actually go through that process with us. Um, and that process, just to kind of let you guys know our new brand, uh, I just pulled the numbers since we've launched, which is just about seven months. We're just about at the seven month point. Uh, we just crossed 160,000 in revenue, which we're at about a 35 to a 40% margin, depending on the product. And that's going to get better because we're, uh, now we're ordering more. We're doing, uh, by C we're, we're shipping by C on some of our products. So we're starting to cut some of those costs, increasing the margins, which I'm a big fan of because we validated that these products that we're selling are working. And we talk all about that in the workshop and in this five-part series, which you are going to be able to listen through. I am going to be skipping an ASCOT session, um, this upcoming one, the next one that would be in place because I want the five-part series to go in series. I want it to be like one right after the other because I think it's important that you go through that. And I know that uh, some of you, depending on when you're listening to this, are going to say, I just want to go through all all of those, like all, all of the series, like all in one, like kind of Netflixing, kind of binging, right? And, uh, and I want to make that available for you guys as well. So that's another reason why I'm doing this is because a lot of people say, Scott, well, you know, you've been doing the podcast now for just over two and a half years. Like, aren't things different? And the answer is yes, they are. But I've tried to cover those throughout the podcast as things have changed. But now what I want to do is kind of update everything, have everything in one place. So when you do you know, listen to this, or maybe you're listening to this, you know, six months after this airs, uh, you'll be able to then just go through the entire series if you want to. And I'm going to try to make those in like kind of bite-sized chunks where you can actually consume it and then take that away and apply it. Um, and it's very, very similar to what we do on the workshop. And that's why so many people that have attended the workshop are, uh, you know, really, really excited after they attend because they have the full roadmap and downloads and all that stuff. And that's what we do give away on the workshop is we give some downloads, some checklists, um, cheat sheets, those types of things. So definitely go register for a workshop if you haven't done so, theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right. So the five-part series is officially kicking off. Uh, let's see, we're on Friday. It's going to be Monday. 
So Monday will be the official kickoff, depending on when you're listening to this. If you are going to follow through, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Monday, Wednesday, I believe. So uh, definitely, definitely stay uh, stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, I'm going to invite, uh, or I've, I've already invited, uh, Chris Schaefer on, and he's going to help me through that because he's got a lot of great insight as well. And I like to not just be on there talking to myself. I like to have someone else that we can kind of kind of go back and forth on, and he can kind of add, um, you know, some different you know, points of view and, and just different ways of uh, kind of explaining it because I want you guys to get the most out of this series. All right. Now, before we jump into the first question, I do have some weekly thoughts. All right. <laughs> I know we're going to get to it. I promise. The Ascot sessions uh, generally are a way for me to really connect with you guys, but then also give you guys a little bit of a kick in the butt if you need it. Okay. So here it is my weekly thoughts. Mondays suck for most, (laughs) because I get a lot of people that say, Scott, I hate Mondays. And I don't know about you, but if you work for someone or maybe even go back to the the days that you were in school, I personally, I hated Sundays, actually Sunday afternoons, because I knew Monday was coming and I dreaded going to school. Once I got back in school, I was okay. My buddies were there. My friends were there. We're hanging out. I had to go learn. Yeah. You know, wasn't a huge fan of school. I think you guys all know that uh, about me. But, uh, you know, I just, I didn't look forward to to Sunday afternoons because I knew Monday was coming. And I know a lot of you, uh, like I did as well, you know, when I had a nine to five, I would, you know, Sunday, Sunday mornings were good beginning of Sunday afternoon. And then all of a sudden things were starting to wind down on Sunday afternoon. And you started to feel that little pit in your stomach where you're like, Oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. I know I've got a bunch of things I put off on doing last week. I figured I would just deal with them now. And or you know Monday, and now I got to deal with those, and I know I'm still gonna have more work piling on, or I may have an issue. Like all of those things start racing through your head, and that's because you know it's a Monday. So typically, a mo- now your Monday might be Sunday, and then you know you you get off Friday, Saturday, or something. Whatever it is, it's your start of your work week. Now, if that is you, I just want to kind of let you guys know something here. Okay, this is important. Okay, you ready? You listening? All right, you, you personally have the control to change that. You, you, you personally, you do. Okay. Not, not me, you know, not, you know, someone else in your life right now, you, okay. Okay. You have control to change that. And that's why I talk a lot about your why. If that is like, to me, I I go all the way back to when I was working for, a factory. Uh, it was a printing press and uh, I worked there for nine months and I would go there. And every time I would drive into that parking lot, I'd get a pit in my stomach. I'd feel nauseous. I would feel like I was going to jail. I felt like literally I was, cause the lights in the parking lot looked like it could be like a jail area. I don't know why I just put that in my head even back then. And I literally felt like turning around and just quitting. And I did it for nine months and eventually I did quit. All right. And, uh, it just, it, you know, in being inside, felt like I was locked in. I could not escape. I couldn't get out of there. And, you know, maybe, you know, that had to do with, you know, when I was growing up, I had, you know, certain things in my life that I was, uh, you know, I was always feeling as though my, you know, my mother wasn't going to be there for whatever reason. Right. Um, you know, I just, I felt an attachment and 
going into work made me feel like I couldn't escape. I couldn't get out of there if I didn't, you know, if I went into that building and the minute that, 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 uh, you know, if you ever remember the old punch clock where you put your card in there, it was like a manila card and you would punch it and it would punch your number on there. As far as what time you checked in, it was like the, the door behind you slam shut and you're in like you're in there. So to me, like I knew that once I started working for my father's company, like that was my out in a sense, because I could be out on the road. I wasn't locked in. I was my own boss in a sense. I still had to report to someone, but I was my own boss. And I still looked at Mondays as being kind of like that Monday because it was the start of my week. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I found a way to kind of get through that, but I still felt kind of like that. Oh gosh, here comes Monday, you know? Um, and that's why I wanted to be able to create, you know, businesses that supported my lifestyle. So if, if Mondays feel like that to you or your Monday feels like that to you, you know, like the start of the week, you know, if that is you and you feel like they suck, well, you do have the control to change that. And that can be whether it's this business model or another business model, this you know, this thing that's kind of weighing on you, that is your why. You need to take control of that and you need to change it. Like you just need to make a conscious effort to change it, okay? So you need to do that. You need to take charge of your situation and do it, right? And understand that every little every little step along the way is a step to get you to where you want to be, to where you don't have that feeling, where you know you feel as though every day is a Friday in a sense. I mean, for me personally, like I can wake up and pretty much know that I am creating the schedule that I want. So the things that I don't want to do, I don't do those things. Like unless Obviously. Now there's things in your life that you're going to have to do because you just have to do them, right? You have to, you know, you have to attend something because you have to get certified for a certain thing to be able to be a coach. Like, I don't want to sit in that class for three hours, but I have to do it. I get it, right? We're going to have those things, but I'm talking week after week after week. All right. So if that is you figure out what that is, okay. And make that known that you do have control to change that. And then you just have to create that plan. And again, that's why I am a big believer. If you are thinking, or if you've ever tried online business and you failed for whatever reason, this here, this way to start that I'm talking about, even in this five, you know, this five-step process, this five-step series that we're going over, this to me is the roadmap to start you on that journey. All right. So Definitely go check out the five step. Once we start to uh, roll that out, definitely stay tuned. And uh, from there, uh, you'll be on your way to at least getting started. And that's my job here is to really get you started, keep you moving, getting you momentum and just continuing to help you along that journey. All right. So don't forget that, but you do have control. All right. So just remember that, write that down. Say, I have control. Scott says that you have control to change that. Just write that down. You might need that as a post-it note up on your computer. All right, cool. Let's go ahead now, guys. Let's officially get started here and uh, let's jump into uh, this session of Ask Scott. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to the first question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. Simon here from Amsterdam. Scott, um, I've got a question. You did the series on PPC uh, with Ignite, etc. 
Um, my question is this. So let's say I've got a seed keyword for I sell um, pillows for trains, right? So you get on a train, you use a pillow. So uh, now my uh, phrase or my broad match would be um, train pillow, right? But if I start seeing um, or pillow, but now I start seeing, um, you know, um, pillow for aeroplane, uh, pillow for car. So I want to then put that as a negative exact or a negative phrase um, into that broad uh, campaign to say just aeroplane as a negative and car as a negative? Or do I want to put in pillow for car as the phrase negative? I don't think so because I still want to retain, right, the, uh, the pillow aspect of it. I just want to make sure that nothing gets in the phrase, so I put it in as a phrase negative for car and airplane. Could you tell me if that's correct? Because that's the part that I didn't hear sort of covered whether, you know, which parts of the seed keyword you are putting into negative. Does that make sense? All right. Thanks, ma'am. Uh, I love your work and uh, I really look forward to hearing this because it can really help us all out. Okay. Thanks a lot, brother. Bye-bye. All right. First off, Simon, thank you so much for the question. And I have to confess something here really quickly. Uh, when Chris and I were answering this question, for some reason in my head, I thought that uh, Scott asked the question, another Scott. And uh, I didn't realize that it was Simon. So you're going to hear Chris address Scott when it's actually Simon. So anyway, you're going to you're going to hear the answer and you're going to get some value here. So I uh, thought I would just kind of give you the little uh, the lowdown on that. So uh Here's the answer to that question. All right, cool. So, hey, your name is Scott. It's a really cool name. I want to thank you, number one, Scott, for submitting that question. And then the other thing I want to do here is I want to answer this question, but I've invited Chris Schaefron to help me with this question because I want to make sure that I get it right. Now, you guys know that I'm not necessarily the pay-per-click guy. Um, Chris Schaefer is more of that guy. So, Chris, do you want to help answer this question? I absolutely do. And it's actually a really good question. It's something I think that a lot of people get hung up on because we it's not always clear like the difference between broad phrase and exact and exactly it, it can be exactly it can be <laughs> very confusing until you see it kind of laid out in an example that makes sense for for your product right so i i like this question a lot and just to kind of summarize it and scott if i missed anything scott volker i guess i should say <laughs> if i miss anything on this just just kind of remind me of, of different parts of that question but it sounded like our friend Scott, who asked the question here, is selling, let's just say, you know, it's a pillow for sleeping on a train, right? And what he's seeing show up in his PPC in his search terms report is pillow for car or pillow for airplane as some of the things that people are typing in when they're then seeing his ad and clicking on it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, just and as a he's running summary? it in abroad, and that's where he's getting that stuff. Right, which, which is going to happen because let's just yep. say, you know, just – just for the sake of everybody out there, if we say pillow for train and we put that in broad, technically each one of those is an individual word. So it should fire for just about anything that's relevant for the word pillow or 
for the word train. So he might even see model train, right? Probably not going to happen. It's a little bit of an extreme example, but it helps to illustrate the point. Now, in his case, what he's seeing is he's not just seeing pillow for train show up, which is what he wants. He's also seeing pillow for car and pillow for airplane. And he wants to know what he needs to do to take those out and if he should take those out of, of his campaign. Exactly. So, so how would we do that? The first thing for me, Scott Volker, would be, and, and our <laughs> friend Scott, I guess, would be to take a look at that search terms report and see if they are profitable for you. To me, as a consumer, right, just thinking of this as somebody who's not selling the product, I might not be thinking about that thing as something for a train. I live in the US. I don't take the train a lot, but I do take the car and I take airplanes quite often, right? Anytime we go anywhere, we basically fly. So for me, I might actually still buy that same product. I just wouldn't call it a pillow for sleeping on the train. I would be looking for a pillow for sleeping on an airplane, right? So if people are buying it and you have an ACOS that you're ex that's, that's acceptable for you, right, which is the how much it's costing you versus how much you're making, I wouldn't take them out. I would leave them there. And, and Scott Volker, I want to get your opinion on that. Yeah. But for me, if it's profitable, I wouldn't mess with it. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean, I think that's common sense as if it's profitable, we're going to leave it. And the other thing is, I just kind of want to highlight here is, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about when we when we start a campaign and we run it in abroad is we're trying to get these these other keywords or search terms that we wouldn't necessarily be thinking of. And then that can also either turn us on to another product or it can turn us on to a variation or maybe just another way that our product can be used. So I want to highlight that too, because what he is getting is definitely uh, you know, different recommendations or different things that are being served for that broad term. But now the question is, let's say, for example, it's not relevant and I don't want to be showing up for that. So would you just go ahead and put an exact, or I'm sorry, a phrase um, negative in, in there? I think that was his question is like, do I put a phrase negative, an exact negative? Like maybe you can talk about the negative and how that works. For me... In a broad match campaign, I would probably use a phrase negative. So he, it, it, this is kind of a two-part question based on what he asked. Mm -hmm. It was, should I use phrase or exact? And then should I use uh, just the word car or airplane as that phrase? Or should I use the entire search term, right? The entire phrase. It right. sounds ridiculous to say that because we're talking about phrase match. But should I use all three words, pillow for car, as that phrase? So for me, I probably wouldn't pull it out as an exact negative just in case there is, you know, let's say neck pillow for car uh, is also not profitable, right? Or, or maybe is profitable. It's one of those things where you can pull it out as either. I would probably just pull it out as phrase because if the, if the short version of that isn't uh, profitable for you, you can pull it out that way and that's going to stop it. So if, if we're assuming it's not relevant at all, Scott Volker. I would pull it out as a phrase. Right, okay. If it is relevant, but that particular search term is not profitable, pull it out as an exact. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it so, does. I, but the one thing I want to ask you is this, is, is you definitely do not want to pull out like train, right? You would want to do that more in a phrase, I would think, because then we are targeting that exact or, or close to that exact thing that you don't want to show up for. But if you put in negative train, as a, as a, as a, uh, a term, um, then that could get rid of your, you know, train for pillow or pillow for train or whatever. Right. If you're using phrase match, exactly. right? So if, if you're not sure of what to do using an exact match, is usually the best way to go in terms of a negative. Um, if it's something where you see two search terms, right. And pillow for car 
is not profitable, but neck pillow for car is, you would want to use the exact there. Because if you use phrase on pillow for car, it's going to be the words pillow for car plus anything else. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Which means if you use the phrase negative there, you're going to pull out neck pillow for car as well from running, which is not something that you want to do. So if you're if you're not sure, exact would probably be the way to go. Now, the other thing I would say is anytime you're pulling out a negative, I would use the search term itself, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're using phrase or exact for, I was going to say for exactly the reason, for precisely the reason that you just said, Scott Volker, because you don't want to pull out things that are going to work, mm. right? And you don't want to be overly broad with anything. So if I just use the word car as a phrase negative, I'm also going to pull out neck pillow for car, right? Exactly. Which, which again, we said might be profitable. Yes. Right. So, so I, I think the easy thing to do here, uh, Scott, is to go and look at the, the phrase. And then if that phrase is one that you you think you still want to have as an exact, but only as an exact, then put that in an exact campaign um, as exact match and then do an exact negative in the broad that you're running. Is that correct, Chris? Correct. Okay. So it, you know, it, if all else fails, if you look at it and you're just not sure, run it as an exact. Exactly. Right? If you're, if you're neck, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if your neck pillow, talking about PPC is really complex it apparently is. just because of the three, there's three words that we should not say and we keep saying them. Uh, <laughs> If you're if you're um, if your pillow is designed specifically for use on a train, then you can go a little bit more. I was going to say broad, a little bit more vaguely, and use the the phrase negative, yeah. right? If if I could potentially use it as a neck pillow in a car, in a train, in a plane, on a boat, uh, in a box with a fox, any of those places, nice. then use the exact. And if you're not sure, err on the side of the exact. It just means that the next time you pull that search terms report that you might have to add some more because neck pillow for train might show up or yep. ne you know, neck pillow for plane might show up. And it didn't show up the first time because all of your budget was going to the more vague way of describing it. Yeah. And, and just to kind of wrap this up, because, I mean, we could go on a, on a whole, uh, you know, 60 minute rant on this stuff and, and discussion. But. Uh, if you are seeing this as like you started a broad campaign, you're seeing that, oh my gosh, like I'm getting, you know, I'm getting these, these searches for something that's not relevant to what you are. Then the simple thing is just to put that in as a negative and, and, and be done with it. And like you said, Chris, then probably do it as a phrase because that's what you don't want to show up for, but you don't want to do it for single words unless that single word is is, you know, something that you don't want to show up for. Um, so just to kind of keep it on a basic level, that would be, and, and for the most part, I don't see that happening for us anyway, but, um, it has happened in the past. And when it does, we'll just go ahead and do exactly that. We'll just exactly that. You hear that? <laughs> uh, we will, <laughs> we will pull out that, uh, that exact phrase, uh, and put it in as a negative. Um, for that. So hopefully this helps, Scott. That's why I brought on Chris Schaefer, because this can make your head spin. Uh, but uh, it doesn't have to be complicated, but just look at the data. And also I want people to understand too, is while, while you're running the broad, it's also a great way to get these suggestions that Amazon is giving you of search terms that people are actually searching for. So it's a great, great way for you to discover. And if you guys have not went through our pay-per-click free training, Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, and you'll have a few hours there of some stuff that we've talked about on pay-per-click, and we'll give you a kind of like a little roadmap there for you. So Chris, I want to thank you for coming on, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah.
All right, cool. So hopefully that helped you. And uh, sorry, once again, Simon, for calling you Scott the entire time. But uh, you still got your uh, you still got your question answered there uh, for myself and Chris Schaefer. So and hopefully, hopefully everyone listening that kind of makes more sense now when you're thinking about broad phrase, you know, exact and negative keywords and and that stuff. Uh, so again, we can go on a whole on a whole uh, show and, uh, and and talk about that, which we have, by the way. And actually, uh, that resource I should probably point you guys to now: theamazingseller.com forward slash ppc. And uh, you can go through all of that stuff where Chris and myself and Jeff Cohen from Seller Labs uh, go through that in pretty uh, pretty good detail. So uh, definitely go check that out. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, it's Carol calling from Brooklyn. I've grew tons since I listened to your podcast. I almost listen to it every single day and I really wanna thank you for it. Uh, my question is about brand registry. I have a lot of experience on Amazon and I've done brand registry several times, but somehow now I'm having problems with the brand registry since it changed the brand registry too. Uh, basically, they came back saying about uh, the fact that my trademark wasn't reviewed yet. Uh, it cannot be approved. And that's why I need to wait like three months until it gets reviewed and approved. I used to just register my brand registry as soon as I submitted the trademark and I had a serial number. Right now, they wait for the for it to get approved first. Do you have any idea how I could do brand registry uh, right away? Because I would love to use some of the services with brand registry. Hey, Carol, thank you so much for the question all the way from Brooklyn, New York. So thinking you're probably a Yankee fan, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, thank you so much for the question. And, you know, this is a great question. And we have talked about the Brand Registry 2.0 program that they rolled out, uh, well, a few months back. And uh, just to kind of get people up to speed very quickly, uh, before what you could do is you could register your brand and uh, you can do it pretty easily just by having a website with your branding on your product, um, your logo on your website, like some pretty basic stuff. Then what they did is they rolled out their brand registry 2.0, which is now uh, where you need to have a trademark registered, not just through or going through the process. And that's kind of what you're talking about right here. Some people thought that, well, what I'll do is I'll register for my trademark I will submit that to Amazon and then that will be good enough. Well, when they were going through this transition, that may have been good enough, but it's not good enough anymore. Uh, and even at this point where, uh, you know, you, maybe you were grandfathered into the brand registry, uh, as far as like, you know, when they made that change, they didn't grandfather you, at least from what I'm aware of, I, I think it was like one, maybe two of our brands, uh, they are not grandfathered over to 2.0. Yes, they will give you like brand registry, but it's not brand registry 2.0, where which they give you some additional tools, some different, you know, some definitely some some more weight when it comes to you know putting in a claim. Uh, we talk about locking down a listing, like those types of things are not going to happen um, unless you go through the full brand registry 2.0. So my recommendation to you and anyone else listening is go through the process. Like 
Don't let that stop you. Don't let that hold you back. I get so many people that say, I'm not going to launch until I get my brand registered. And to me, you're just wasting time on something that even if you get brand register, uh, you know, brand registry 2.0, it's still not going to make it where it's that much more of an advantage. I mean, some people think that, oh, well, if I get brand registry 2.0, I won't get hijackers. I won't have people copy my products. That's just not true. There's, there's always hackers out there that will, you know, piggyback off of someone else's success some way, somehow. So I wouldn't necessarily let that stop you. But with that being said, I would still go through the process. And just to let people know, if you're going through a trademark process, that could be seven months to a year before that's finally approved. So I would just get the ball started, submit the paperwork or the, you know, the documents to Amazon. So it's at least showing that you registered. And then now you're waiting for that other thing, which is, you know, the verified trademark that you have your certificate and all that stuff. And then from there, you should get Brand Registry 2.0. So I wish I had better news for you, um, but that's what I would do. Uh, now, if someone out there is saying, well, there's a way around this, there's a hack, whatever, I'm not about that. So I can't really share that with you. And uh, I haven't even heard of one, but what I would do is I would just go through the process and then carry on. Like just go out there and, and build a great brand, a great product, have good customer service, like do everything that you normally would be doing. And it's just... It's like one of those things that you have that's a, it's like a badge in a sense um, that can help you, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get more sales necessarily because of it um, unless you're talking about someone that hijacked your listing versus not hijacking your listing, then yes, you're sharing. And, and we can kind of go down that road too. Um, but again, I would just go through the process. It's going to be a longer process, but just go through it. Um, some people ask um, what services out there for trademark. Um, the only ones that I'm comfortable talking about is uh, LegalZoom. I've done trademark with LegalZoom. They work well. And the other one is Trademark Engine, I believe it is. I haven't used them yet. I'm going to try them, but um, some people that I know have used them and were happy. So those would be the two that I would recommend. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to one more final question for the day. We'll wrap this baby up. You guys can get on with your day and your week and your weekend or wherever you're at in the week. So let's go ahead and listen to that last question. Hi, Scott. My name is Tammy. I've been listening to your podcast for over a month now. Um, I'm 20 something in and I started back from the beginning and I am really impressed and appreciate what you're doing, passing free knowledge along to everybody and not everybody has it in their heart to do that. And, um, thanks for giving back. Anyways, my question is, I am honing in on a private label product and I wanted to know what you think about my first product being a product that may come in different sizes and styles and how you would deal with that or if you would deal with something um, more simpler or just one style multiple sizes um, to begin with and um, yeah appreciate your feedback and keep doing what you're doing you're awesome thanks hey Tammy thank you so much for the question and uh, yeah this is a question that I do get uh, quite often when people are thinking about launching colors or sizes. And they're like, Scott, like 
there's like one product that I'm going to launch, but it comes in sizes and colors. Like what do I start with? Because if you launch one black or one red or one white, whatever, and you have three different sizes, you're talking three different SKUs, right? That's kind of how it works. So we have a parent and then we have the, the children that are underneath the parent, right? The thing is the garlic press, but we have a garlic press that comes in a six inch, an eight inch and a 10 inch. All right. So that's how that can be, uh, you know, kind of, uh, thought about. So my answer to this always is figure out, and I'll give you a couple of ideas and or tips and on how you can do this, but figure out what is the best seller right now that you want to launch with, because you may eventually have a product that you may add another variation or another color, and it may pick up an extra hundred sales a month. That's it, right? But you know, across your brand, that's going to be an additional hundred, or uh, you know, across that that skew, okay? And that's where that comes in. And it's funny because I had this exact conversation with my partner in the new brand, where they wanted to launch like three different styles, and I'm like, but we don't know what style is is going to, you know, going to sell well. Yes, you can argue that they're all going to sell, but there's going to be one or two that's going to sell better. And if that's the case and we're selling in this case we're not, but if we were selling the the white one and it had three different sizes, well now we've got three SKUs that we have to launch. Then we come in, you know, we we run into, well, you have to do 500 of each SKU before they'll produce them. And now we're at 1500 units for one SKU. Um, so that's where that can kind of run into. So what I do and what we've done in the new brand and anyone that I really talk with and through this kind of like I'm doing with you is this figure out what is the top seller right now, as far as color or pattern or, you know, shape or whatever, and then build off of that. Then the next, the, the next part of that would be like, well, what's the, and then from there, what is the, the top selling size? Is it small? Is it medium? Is it large? Is it extra large? And then that's what I would start with. I would start that. Now, if you can, if budget will allow you, or if your manufacturer will allow you to do uh, you know, smaller runs. So let's say that their minimum is 500, but you can split that 500 amongst different sizes. Well, now you can take that one color that you know is the best seller and try three different sizes, small, medium, and large, or medium, large, and extra large, whatever it is. That's what you have to do. So the way that you can do this is look at your, your competition, the, the one that you're going after, as far as like, what are you trying to compete with? And then look at their numbers. And a lot of times, if you do a search for your, your uh, competitor or your product, stainless steel garlic press, and you see that a red one pops up, that red one is, for the most part, the best seller. So that's where I would start. I would say, well, the red one is, is going to be the one that is selling the most. So I would start with the red one and I would do, and then I would also see like what one is selling. Now, you may need to use a tool like Jungle Scout for this. That's what I would do. And then I would say, oh, the medium and the large are the top sellers. I'm going to start with medium and large. And then I can still put the skew in, like I'm going to have a small, medium, large, and extra large, but the only ones that are going to be available is the medium and the large. The small will be grayed out and the extra large will be grayed out or whatever ones are not in stock. Those ones you can fill later. Okay. But I would always look at the top seller and that's exactly what we did. And now my partner uh, understands because we are selling through 
the one that is the top seller that we thought was the top seller because we looked at other uh, similar products in our space and we seen the colors that people were buying. Even though we thought it would be really cool to have this, you know, this, you know, color that no one else is offering, but there might be a reason no one else is offering it. Maybe people don't want it. Okay. So again, a little food for thought. Hopefully this has helped you look at the data, let the data tell you what your next move is. I'm telling you guys, it's there for us to take advantage of, use it. All right. And then just to kind of wrap this up, a lot of people will want to know, and if you're just starting, you may not even uh, have came to this yet, but how do you find like the data if you're using tools? And the tool that I use is Jungle Scout. I just mentioned it. Um, I am an affiliate for them. So you will buy me a cup of coffee if you go through my link, but that is the tool that I use just about every day. Um, I would check them out. You can get $10 off um, depending on what tool you're using. You get some other goodies there as well. Um, Theamazingseller.com forward slash JS for Jungle Scout. And uh, you can also check out my resources page, all the tools that I use there, all the resources that's updated um, on a pretty regular basis, depending on what I am using at the time. What I've used that I don't use anymore, I will usually get rid of those. Um, Definitely check out the resources page, theamazingseller.com forward slash resources. All right, guys. So that is going to officially wrap up this episode. Remember a couple announcements that I made in the beginning. Submit your your TAS story. I want to hear your story, theamazingseller.com forward slash story. And there you can have a chance to, uh, to win one of our scholarships to our private label classroom and TAS breakthrough you. So definitely go, go do that. And then also our little series that's coming up, which we're going to walk you through the five phases for finding a product, sourcing, launching everything in between will be in that podcast series. So definitely go check that out. And if you want to ask your own question on an upcoming session of ask Scott, head over to the forward slash All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to officially wrap up this session of Ask Scott. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, week, whatever time of day it is. And uh, I'll see you right back here on the next episode.